0: Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What does that mean? I I heard that. I feel like you don't know what that means. But you're just saying stuff. So. That happens. That happens more often than not. Yes. It does. Uh, as Zach said, I'm Pastor Scott. I'm the associate pastor here. Um, welcome this morning. Super glad that you're here. I'm going to continue in our series called uh, Breaker. Oh yeah. I, I messed that up. Before, so, I wanted to make sure I got that it right. Like, it's not builder. It's great. And I, and I would hope that on the day that I'm preaching, I don't mess yes, up yes. that up. That would be good if I, made, if I formulated a whole sermon around a different uh, type of that. Would be um, but like, seriously, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it is an honor every time I get to be up here and you know deliver God's word. I just I, I don't take it for granted. Um, thank you. Matt, uh, we've been coming out of the Old Testament for like this whole time. So I was like, oh, sweet. Like, we're gonna like, go out of the Old Testament. It's gonna be cool. And then, last week, Matt decides that he, he just comes out and he's like, hey, you know, we're coming out of the Old Testament, but I'm gonna switch it up and we're just gonna come out of the New Testament. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm still coming out of the Old Testament, so yes! I don't care. Yeah! So, um, so I'm gonna be coming out of the Old Testament, but first, uh, we've been kind of doing this, uh, this thing that a lot of old churches did, but we've been—we have a creed uh, yeah. that we've been going through the the Breakers Creed. Yes. Um, so if you guys would just speak this with me as we go through it, I hope I don't mess it up. Um, you got this because Adrienne did a really good job when she preached. But uh, hopefully <laughs> I, I can just speak. But uh, here, we're just going to read through If you guys just want to just speak this over yourself, over our church, as we read through it. I was just going to kind of set the tone for this morning, okay? Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll get down here so you guys can see. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the Breaker's Creed. A Breaker is a child of God, a follower of Jesus, a temple of the Holy Spirit, A breaker desires the things above. A breaker understands the need for breaking. A breaker willfully gives themselves to breaking. A breaker seeks the anointing of God that only comes through the breaking of God. The breaker's anointing is the ability to break through any spiritual hindrance that would impede upon God's kingdom or God's purposes or his church. Yeah. So, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Um if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will, honestly, because that just that gets me amped and ready to go. Like, we're just, We're all breakers in here. We're about to just, you know, go in for Jesus. I love that. Today, like I said, I'm coming out of the Old Testament. I'm coming uh, out of Joshua. It's going to be Joshua 2, 1 through 11, okay? And just a little bit of context here. Prior to all of this that's happening in Joshua, this this is when the, the Israelites, God's chosen people, have been wandering in the wilderness because God promised them this this awesome land that it's literally called the promised land, said to be flowing with milk and honey. It's this awesome place. And the Israelites, like they have done so many times before, are disobedient and end up in the wilderness. Okay, So they're wandering. And then where, where this takes place in Joshua, they're finally... At the, the point where they're about to to be able to f- take this promise, and after wandering for 40 years, they're going to be able to finally take what the Lord has promised to them. Right, yeah. So starting in um, Joshua 2, 1. Oh, I guess I should preface as well. There's a place called Jericho that's a big, heavy, fortified city with huge walls around it. Right. Okay, yeah. that needs to be taken over in order for them to have the promised land. Okay. So starting uh, Joshua 2, 1 through 11, it just says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went, and they came into the house of a prostitute named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark... The men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, and you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hit them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. But the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Ug, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to see what what God's going to do here this morning. All right, let's go. Jesus, we thank you so much. For another opportunity just to be found in your house and in your presence, Lord. We pray that you would just be on this word, Lord. That you would would make this a word for all of us. That this would just be your words coming out of my mouth, God. That it it would be all for your honor and glory. And that we would walk out of this place knowing you a little bit better because of this word. We pray this all in your name. Amen. 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 What's the title of your message? Oh, that is actually a good question. I skipped that. Yes, the did. title of my message yeah. for everyone taking notes, which should be yeah. is The Breaker's Testimony. Oh. Okay. The Breaker's Testimony. Okay. Man, I love I love my uh, my cheering section here. It's nice. Yes. Thank you. Um but just the, the way that I want to start this message out is I want us to really think on this question here. You don't have to answer out loud or anything, but just think on the question, have you ever felt disqualified? Is there something when you think about your past, you know, something that, you know, maybe you did or that you've experienced that was done to you that just leaves you feeling unworthy? Like, just like there, there's just this... this Cloud that is just hanging over you, like your past is just there, like this big dark cloud that will never go away. Because I I mean I can tell you, be just being honest up here, I have felt that way before. Where there is just something in your past that is just hanging there that it just seems impossible to go away, that just it disqualifies you. But I will say, in reading a story like this of someone like Rahab, that gives me a lot of comfort being able to read a story like that. To be able to see the impact that she had for God's kingdom and for his people is it's is just crazy. Right. Um, and I truly believe, I, I don't think that anything in scripture is accidental by any means. I think that in this scripture here, when the, they, the words were chosen, I believe it was very intentional. Right. Because I think it would have been very easy for the person writing this scripture to to call her the woman named Rahab right. they came to the house of the woman named Rahab right but they specifically do not do that they specifically list her occupation which is that of, of being a prostitute right, yeah. being a, a lady of the night if you will okay <laughs> and when we think about that being a prostitute from that time period all the way until now that is a profession that has has never been looked at favorably right, right. okay that has always been looked at as something that is dishonorable right that's something that people have viewed as something that somebody who who does that as a profession is just it's seen as being unredeemable right. by all, by all standards yeah. okay and <clears throat> So that just made me think, like, somebody like Rahab, somebody in that profession, would not be of high standing at all. Right. She would be viewed as, you know, lower class, lower tier, right. not a great person, not in high standing. So why does God choose Rahab? Why does he choose Rahab of all people? Someone who has a dishonorable profession someone who is viewed as being unredeemable, somebody who is not of the Lord's chosen people. Right. Remember, I, I said as a, when I prefaced this that the Lord's chosen people were the Israelites. Right. Okay? He had made a covenant with the Israelites that they are his people. Jesus had, had, at this time has not yet come. Okay? He's not been crucified. He's not resurrected. He's not come to save all people. So there are God's chosen people, and then there are enemies of God's chosen people. But she don't want to be on that side. But she is. She's on that side. She's not on the side of, of God's chosen people. So why does God choose her to be the, such an influential person in the, the fall of Jericho? To be somebody who has th- this, this place in Scripture that is so pivotal that allows his chosen people to take over this city. Right. And as I was thinking about that, um, you know, the only thing that I could think of is that he is just trying to show us in this scripture that our God that we serve is a God of redemption. Yeah. Yeah, that's, good. that's the only thing that I kept coming back to is that he is a God of redemption. Yeah. First and foremost, that's who he is. Because yeah. he'll take someone who is considered to be the lowest of the low, no standing, no status, and who give her the opportunity to completely change the trajectory of her life yeah. Yeah. by doing this this thing that he's he's placed in front of her. He's yeah. given her this opportunity, right. you know, because she, in all honesty, is she's living a life of of sin, right? She's living a life of sin, um, and you know, I don't know how much of a choice she had in that. I'm not sure if that's something that. You know, she really had the option to choose a different profession. Could have been something that, in all honesty, she was born into. It could be potentially the only thing she's ever known. I'm not really sure. But what I do know is that by Christian standards, Christian standards, people looking at her solely based on what she does, she is somebody that has a past. She's somebody that has this reputation. She's not viewed favorably. She's got a lot of sin in her life and would generally just be looked down upon right. by, in, in terms of that, like I, like I put in quotations, that Christian viewpoint. You're looking at somebody, and you know people are just, they're, they're judging her. It's somebody that, like I said, is not held in, in high esteem whatsoever. Right. But God looks at her and just says, this is someone that I can use. This is someone that I, I can use for the good of my people. If she's willing, I can use her to, to help give this this land back to my people. Yeah. If she simply has the faith in, in my name, yeah. then the, well, this this will work out because he's the God of redemption. Okay, that's the, that's just that's 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 what it comes down to. He's the God of redemption. But notice in there that I said that he gave her the opportunity. To change that trajectory of her life because he didn't do it for her he gave her the opportunity to put her faith into him it would have been very easy for Rahab being in that spot to think you know I in all honesty I've only heard about this God I, I, I've heard what he's done but I'm safe within these walls you know I, I don't want to be viewed as a traitor I mean, people die for that. You know, I can keep doing the same thing that I've been doing, and I can remain safe, and I'll I'll be totally fine just chilling. You know, I can turn these guys in. That'll give me, you know, I'll be viewed a little bit more favorably then, and I can do I can do that. That would be totally fine. And I'll it'll my life will go on as normal. Right. But she doesn't she doesn't do that at all. She she had heard of this God who dried up the Red Sea to help his people escape. And she's, she says he is the real God of the heaven and the earth. She believes that with her whole being. But she still needed to act upon it. She could have easily disqualified herself by just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a prostitute. They're not going to view me very favorably. If there is an attack, you know, I'm probably going to die anyways. They'll probably take this whole place over, even if I do help them. So what's the point? But she doesn't. She, she steps out in faith in that time, yeah. declaring that that he is he's the only God. He's the God of the the heavens and the earth beneath. Yeah. So she decides to to help them, and and she so she she goes ahead and hides them, and. It's just by that faith that she's able to, to see past what would be comfortable, what would be normal, and just to allow her to stay in that same, that same place, right? right. Um, but I just, I just feel like there are some of us here that are, are at a, a crossroads, okay? You have a decision that is in front of you that you can choose to, to continue in the same thing that you've been in, that you've been trapped in, that you've been stuck in. Because it seems easier than to fight. We're at that crossroads and we have that decision. And you can choose to stay there. That's your choice. God's not going to make you do anything, just like he didn't make Rahab do anything. But you also have the choice to to move in that same direction that Rahab did. And you can say, "You you know, I've got some stuff in my life that has not been great. I've got some, some hurt and some pain there when I think about these things. It still is there. But I also have faith that I serve the God of redemption. I serve the God that will not leave me or forsake me. You know, I have faith that, that God will use my story, that he'll use my hurt, my pain, my struggle. He can use that to help somebody else that's in that same situation. I, I Honestly, I feel like somebody needs to hear that again. Thank God will use your pain. He will use your struggle to help somebody else. He will use that to speak into somebody else's life. No matter what it is, he will be able to use that to speak to somebody. There, it's funny. Matt even Matt posted in our our team chat this morning, but. Uh, there's a song by uh, Maverick City Music in the Upper Room called I Thank God, and I've just been jamming to it. If you want to get hyped on Jesus after service, go listen to it because it's sweet. But there is there's literally, in, in that song, the guy that's singing, he, he says this line that just, it hit me so hard. The very first time I listened to it. That I just I put it on repeat. Just that one part. I just kept going back to that one part and just playing it over and over again. But he just says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And he says that means what he did for another, yes. he can do it again. Yes. Yeah. That means what he did for another, he can do it again. And I just I I just, I just thought wow. That is that's so that's something that's so simple that we often overlook. Yeah. That what he did for another, he can do it again. What he has done for you and what he has brought you through, yeah. he can do that for someone else. Yes. What he did for me, he can do for you. Right. Okay? If he did it for me, he can do it for you. Okay, how good is that? Like it's it's just I I just I kept thinking about that over and over. Like, what if he if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And it's just something that sticks with me, Um, because it is it's it's that. I just I think of it as like this this circle kind of effect here. If he did it for me, he can do it for Zach. If he did it for Zach, he can do it for Adrian. If he did it for Adrian, he can do it for Matt. If he did it for Matt. Can do it for Ryan. Did it for Ryan. He can do it for me. Yes. It's, it's this circle. It doesn't matter where you're at in the circle. If he was, if he has done it for someone else, yeah. he can do it for you. Amen. And I just thought, of, especially this morning, as we were, we were praying, during parent praise, we were praying over the the father that has cancer. Yeah. And it just it made me that, that just oh I hate cancer so much. It breaks my heart. But it made me think. My my wife Chantel, her mom went through a battle with cancer. Um, couple years ago. And it just made me think, what he did for her, he can do for him. And then what he does for him, he can do for someone else. And it's that testimony that builds faith within someone to be able to keep fighting through that. And I, call, man, I just love that. Jesus. Oh. But, but seriously, if you're in a season of struggling with something, I would just encourage you to look at what Jesus has done before in someone else's life and just know that he can do that again in your situation. And, you know, if he's done something incredible in your life, when you've been in one of those seasons, and he's he's pulled you through a a hell that just, you know, doesn't seem like you should have been able to be pulled through, look for someone that's going through that same situation. Because that builds faith in one another yes. oh, man but that just i just love that like what he if what he does for someone he will be able to do again for someone else yeah, yeah. i just i just can't get over that. like is that not good news yes. because that gets me excited like it's it doesn't matter what situation you're in if you're sitting in a situation of you know financial hardship Look to somebody else that has been in that same situation because he's pulled so many people through financial hardship. There's plenty of stories of somebody not knowing where they're going to get the the next meal from, and then it shows up because somebody steps out in faith and chooses to be the person that delivers that meal. If he's done it for someone else, he will do it for you. But that's one of the, the main things that... I want to, I want you guys to get out of this today. Is you know how much more hopeful we can be than Rahab was ever able to be? Yeah. Okay, um, because later on in Joshua chapter six, after this is after the city of Jericho has been defeated. Okay, if you haven't read the book of Joshua, go read it because it's the same. They march around Jericho and it falls down. It's awesome. Um, so go read that. But Jericho has been defeated. And in Joshua 6, uh, 22 through 25, it says, But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her, as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought out all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it, only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household, and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So because of her faith in God, not even ever having seen him, just hearing about his name and how powerful he is, So, because of that faith and the actions that she took to help God's chosen people, her entire family was saved. And they lived in Israel for generations. It said, This is being written later. It says they're still living there they're still saved in in the, the city that God has has saved for them. Um, so I would say, you know, that at that point, she's pretty pretty hopeful, right? After she comes through this, believes in God, steps out in faith, they, they they save her family from destruction. I would say she's pretty hopeful, right? She has hope that, you know, generations of her family are not going to have the same faith that the people of Jericho had. Right, right. She's hopeful that her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be able to have better lives because of this whole situation. She's pretty hopeful. But guys, Rahab was living in a time before Jesus had come to earth. She was living before he'd come, been crucified, resurrected, and imparted the Holy Spirit in us. Yes. So how much more hopeful should we be being able to have that Holy Spirit on the inside of us, being able to have that direct contact with the, with the God above? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's in my mind, Like we should just be so hopeful for, for a, a future, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's why I want to, to leave. If you leave with one thing today, I want it to be just a sense of hope. Because through Jesus, we have hope. And that's what sharing our testimonies of what Jesus has done for us helps to build. It builds faith and hope within other believers. And I just think that's awesome. Don't ever be scared of your testimony. No matter how crazy it may seem, no matter what you feel like you've gone through, That nobody would understand my life, what I've been through, what's been done to me, what I've done. Nobody will understand that. Somebody will. Right. Don't be scared of your testimony because it looks messy from the outside. Right. Yes. Right. Because that testimony can be used. It can give power to someone else that might be in the same or very similar situation. Right. And that might give them that hope that they need to, to just step out in faith and rely on Jesus to get yes. them through that season that they're in. Wow, that's good. Worship team, you guys can come back up here. Um, The other day, as I was prepping for this message, I uh, I was procrastinating a little bit. Just being honest, um, I'm a you know offender of procrastinating, and I got caught in the uh, the vortex of Facebook scrolling, which is never usually a good place to be caught in. Um, and. As I, I, no, I was just scrolling for a while and then I, I came across this video, and it was this video of all these seals on this beach, okay? I uh, it's weird, just stick with me. <laughs> but it's all these seals on this beach, and it's this dude, he's filming, he's, he must have like a GoPro or something on his head, but he is filming this beach and it's him and this other guy, and they, all of a sudden they just like kind of take off running into this pack of seals. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, Why are they running into this whole flock of seals? I don't know if it's called a flock, whatever it's called. But they, all these seals take off running towards the water because they're scared. They feel like there's a predator coming for them, so they take off running. And I'm still confused at this point. don't know what the heck is going on until it kind of becomes clear that this guy is focusing in on this one seal. And just before the seal is able to get back into the water, the guy grabs him by the tail and like holds him onto the land so he can't escape. And as soon as that happens, you can see there's something on the seal's neck. There's this piece of fishing net. It's like a giant piece that's like hanging off of him, but it's caught around his neck. And this the seal had been running because he was scared. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Just like all the other seals, it was just like, everybody was running so he was running. But this guy grabbed the, the seal and, and held him out of the water, and then this other guy came over and they, they worked together to, to release this net from this seal's neck. And then they just let the seal go and he ran away with his friends and you know went on with his life. But I just thought of that seal and I was like, that that's me. I was like, how how much am I like that seal? How much are we as Christians like that seal where it's like, this net that he's stuck in, he probably didn't even know what that was. He was probably curious about it, didn't understand what the danger was in that net that that could end his life if that got caught if, if he got caught up in that. And this seal had been walking around with this net making him so much slower so he couldn't catch food, he couldn't escape from predators like this dude caught him pretty easily, because he can't move. And as I thought about that, I was like, you know, that seal didn't want that net around his neck, it was unintentional, he was unintentionally carrying that, that net around him. I do that. I just—I have this baggage, this this net that is just caught around my neck, and I'm just dragging it around, not even knowing most of the time that it's, that it's there. Like I'm just carrying this past sin, this past hurt around, and this guy just—he just grabs him and he releases him from it. And I thought about, you know, that seal. Honestly, he was scared of the dude. He didn't want guy to be touching him. But afterwards, it was the most freeing thing that ever could have happened to him. And I thought about the, the testimony of the seal and me being that seal. And like, what is the greater testimony there? For that seal to just continue living with that net around his neck until he dies and just continuing to struggle in that and just me out, But that guy on the beach up there, even though I was scared, even though I was running from him, he chased me down and he cut that net off of my neck. He took that sin away from me. He took my past away from me. Yeah. And he let me live in freedom that I meant to live in. Yeah. That's good. So because of him, I'm able to do the things that as a seal, I'm supposed to be able to do. As a human, I'm supposed to be able to do certain things. I'm supposed to be able to live in that freedom. Yeah. And I just thought, what a great testimony for that seal to be able to be like, guys, if you ever have a net caught, a lot of caught around you, that dude on the beach, he's the guy to go to. Like, he's the guy that will free you from that net. And I thought, how many times am I telling somebody where to go to be free from the net that's dragging them down? Am I telling somebody, man, I've done some really dumb things in my life that should have taken me out, that should have disqualified me? But there's a guy that can help with that. There's this guy, Jesus, that he takes that away. He lets me live in freedom. He lets me live be able to do the things that I do right because I feel like it's very easy sometimes to be caught up in that and just you know, I look around our city and I see so many Christians that allow their testimony to be one of death instead of life yeah. to be one of defeat instead of victory you know, they, they allow their past to determine their future and they take themselves out of the game before it even starts Your testimony. And the main question I want to ask is, are you using your testimony or is your testimony using you? Are you using your testimony or is your testimony using you? I'll ask it a different way. Are you allowing Jesus to use your testimony to glorify Him for the things that He's brought you through? Or are you allowing the enemy spot of pain and just hanging on to that. Yeah. What side are you on? Because the testimony only has power to help break somebody else's chains if it's told. Yeah. Your testimony held in inside you doesn't help anybody break any chains right. off them. If they are going through the same thing, it's, it's not powerful until it's told. You have to tell your testimony the things that for you the name of, of Jesus is such a powerful name it has weight to it we're going to go into another moment of worship here and I just want you guys there are a couple things here to think on yourself, over your family, over those next to you, over whatever situation you're going through right now, pray that name of Jesus over everything, because that name has power. And also, as we're, as we're going to worship here, think on your testimony. Maybe, maybe you've never even told your testimony to anyone. Whether that's because it's something that you feel is is shameful or it's something that you feel like, you know, I, maybe I've had a pretty easy life, easy, everybody's got something, but I just don't think it'll impact anybody. No way, that's garbage. It will impact somebody because there's somebody that's in a similar situation to you that needs to hear it. Yeah. Testimony is different, but it's equally powerful. My testimony is different from Matt's, and his testimony is different from Topher's, which is different from Jasmine's. But they're all equally powerful yeah, yeah, to impact somebody. And just, if Jesus did it for me, he can do it for you. That's the, the tagline for it. If Jesus did it for me, he in somebody's body he can do it for you he can do it for your father he can do it for your mother change it. Pray over it. Ask somebody to pray over it. We have a prayer team in the back as we sit here. If you're battling with sickness, it doesn't matter what it is, any type of pain, discomfort, whether that's mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it is, if you're sick of dealing with it, change it. If you're sick of a family situation or a marriage that's failing, change it. In Jesus' name, you have a Jesus at times in my life. powerful for me to be able to stand up here and say, you know what? I've been through that. I've made very stupid mistakes in my life. And I've had things done to me and it sucked. Is so much greater than if I was to say, no, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I can't do that. I'm not there. I'm not qualified for that. I've done too much. Right? That, that testimony is weak. The testimony of me being able to stand up here and say, he has pulled me through all these things that maybe I brought up myself, that's a powerful testimony. So as we go into this last song, just... just stand up and let's just worship and let's just praise God that he will do it again. That his testimony is the spirit of prophecy. That what he's done for another, he can do again. For somebody that was jobless, he can get you a job because he got them a job. Come on. Guys, let's worship him and praise his name because it's powerful and it's worthy of it. That's all I've got. Let's just praise Him.